Let's take a deep dive into the Celtics extensions and the minutes distribution with guest Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston right now on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whether you're listening to the podcast on your headphones, watching it on YouTube, whatever, stream it to your TV, get it on a tab in the background while you work. However it is, I'm glad that you're making this show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, now available everywhere books are sold. You've heard my takes on a lot of this stuff with the Celtics, so... Let's bring in a guest. I brought in Chris Forsberg, fresh off of vacation. Forsberg covers the Celtics for NBC Sports Boston. He's on Twitter, at Chris Forsberg underscore. And we got into the Robert Williams extension, the Marcus Smart extension, and potential minutes distribution. Where is Peyton Pritchard going to fall? Interesting conversation here coming up. So let's bring in our guest, Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. All right, Chris Forsberg, fresh off of vacation, <laughs> diving like right back at you. Go from diving into the pool to yeah. diving back into Celtics talk. So appreciate you coming on for a little bit. Well, it's funny. Like I, I was telling this before we jumped on. Like I, I feel like I, I, I haven't spit hot takes in a while, and I'm, I'm rusty, <laughs> and I need to, I need to get back to doing it because there was a lot going on. Like, uh, we were, we were joking about this, but I, so I tried to plan a vacation. I said mid-August is usually pretty quiet for right. NBA basketball. And I could not have been more wrong. Brad Stevens does not like vacations, evidently, because he just continues to make a thousand moves. And uh, almost like every day I woke up on vacation, I said, what will Brad do today? Yeah, seriously. And, okay, so I know you, I know Jay King, uh, our good friend, <laughs> off on vacation. Everybody's off on of vacation. So yeah, August, normally the quiet time. Uh, Brad Stevens has now just completely messed with our schedules. He's making moves at like 9 a.m. He's making moves during vacation time. He's really keeping us on our toes. I think all of our questioning over the course of his uh, coaching career, he's now getting back at us, knowing when we normally like to sleep and rest. It's like, oh, yeah, watch this. Marcus Smart Extension. Boom. <laughs> Suck on that. Yeah. Right. Well, well, hey, good, good on Brad. Uh, hey. But. Uh, every time I said I wasn't going to allow myself to to check Twitter or um, be sucked into what the Celtics were doing, I was like, "Well, I, I like Marcus Smart. Like, I, 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 that's a good move. I should I should scream about that for ten minutes." Sure. And and then I was like, "All right, but now I'm done. I'm, I'm definitely not coming back." Then Rob Williams happened, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm not going to not scream about this one." I think the people that we we get into relationships with in this business know <laughs> that at some point. You're going to look at your phone. You're going to go, oh, crap. And they're going to go, all right, well, I'll see you after you write your piece or do your podcast. I know how this is going to go. So, but here we are. All right. So obviously you're, you're, you've just become the Robert Williams guy. Robert Williams news breaks. Got to get Forsberg on, but 
you, you haven't really talked about many of these things. So let's start with Rob. Mm. And not only did he have the, the four year, it was originally reported as four years, 54 million, but uh, now we're seeing the reports that it's not fully guaranteed that it's really four years, 48 million guaranteed, which when you look at the projected upcoming salary cap, that first year puts, puts the first year of uh, Robert Williams salary kind of right in line with basically the mid-level of the, the full mm. mid-level exception in the first year of, of his deal. So basically Brad Stevens locking up Robert Williams for essentially mid-level money. And it's below the qualifying offer, which blew my mind, right? Like that. So I, when I made the pitch earlier this month, I said, you know, I think they're going to extend smart and they're going to extend Robert Williams. And a lot of people were like, you're crazy. There's no way this happens. And I said, no, it's just, it makes a lot of financial sense and it doesn't mess with flexibility. But even I'm surprised at the number that Rob came in at. And you don't see this often where the team gets a little bit of what it wants and the player gets a little bit of the security. You know, I think Rob probably could have got a little bit more, but also probably read the market and said, you know, if he wasn't healthy this year, then there wasn't going to be a lot of teams that could pay him. And so maybe he sacrificed a little bit right now for the long-term security. And, uh, but I was surprised like that, that, that qualifying offer was going to be about 11 million. I thought anything near that would have been a good deal for the Celtics. If it would have been, if the number had been what this average is out to 13 and a half um, to get him at the, the, the first year is I think what 10.9. And then they've got obviously some incentives yeah. there that could drive that up. But um I think, I mean, honestly, God, like, I, even as the president of the fan club, I feel like this is about as good of a deal as the Celtics could have gotten. And it was funny. I, I was, we were doing our, I, you know, I, I beamed in from vacation. I said it was the, the biggest home run of the off season. And people said, oh, you know, there, there goes, there goes Forsberg <laughs> with his, with his Robert Williams takes again. But like, I mean, there's not a lot of value plays out there that are on that level. Like a, a lot of guys got paid this year because teams had money and, Evan Fournier got almost twice as much, you know, by the end of that deal. So, I, you know, I, I don't – I just love the deal. And I think it's good for the Celtics. I think it's good for Rob. And, you know, now it's like, hey, okay, stay healthy, earn a little bit more on that, on that, get it up to that right. $54 million number, and and let's see what happens. But uh, I just think it's a steal at, at the number they got him at. Yeah, and so for people who don't know, the, the magic number is uh, 69. Nice. He plays 69 games. Uh, that's when the one of the incentives kicks in. There's there's also added money if he makes one of the all defense teams. So uh, true incentives there, but because of his recent history, they're not considered likely incentives. So they don't count right now against the cap. So it's it's more kind of cap gymnastics. But this this whole concept of Brad getting something that he likes and giving something that the other side likes. This has kind of been a, a kind of a running theme here throughout the season. Like you, you traded Kemba Walker away, but you got Al Horford and could, you know, could he have waited certain, you know, to get certain deals done? He, he seems to be ready to make the deal that is okay. That uh, this gives me options. This gives me mm-hmm. flexibility and all of that. I've said the word flexibility about 5,000 times. Oh, my gosh. But he seems to be willing to do what I think, if you can criticize Danny Ainge, the the, the thing that he didn't want to do was give up something to the other side, that Mm. Danny kind of wanted to really win 
every deal to a point where a lot of those close calls that he kind of got his balls busted for that. That's what it led to. And, and Stevens is coming in saying like, it's okay if the other side gets a little win here, because if I get the things that I want and the flexibility that I want and all that stuff, then that's fine. Yeah. But I, like, it's hard for me to look at any of these deals and be like, the, the Celtics rel- relented too much. Like you, your only thing you're giving up is if you do have to go the, if, you, if, if we keep seeing, saying the buzzword of flexibility and you do need to get to cap space, there's going to be some gymnastics that Brad has to do. It's going to cost you first round picks to get off. You know, maybe some of these deals, if Rob Williams doesn't stay healthy, if you got to move Al Horford, if you, you know, if Josh, if Josh Richardson doesn't have a long-term future, like there's all, the, there's all potential pitfalls. But when you look at just the base numbers, they're criminally low. Like even Marcus Smart, like could Marcus Smart have waited and had a good season, a bounce back year and get to free agency and earn more than the, the, the 17 million starting point? Maybe. You know, again, the, the, the money, what the, the, what the one thing the Celtics benefited from that I maybe under like undervalued in my mind was that so many teams spent this year and the limited pool of teams available next year sort of made all these guys sort of look around and go, man, even if I have a good year, what am I going to get here? You know, maybe I just need to take this deal now and figure it out and have that security. And ultimately, that's what I keep coming away with. I keep going back to, you know, someone had, I wish I, 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 again, as I'm, as I'm the the three minutes a night where I would look at Twitter, I wish I could remember who had it, what the 2018, 19 Celtics are scheduled to make this year, you know, based on, or extensions they've signed or contracts they're on right now. It's like $200 million worth of salaries. So why didn't it work three years ago, two years ago, whenever it was? Well, Terry Rozier was looking for a bigger role in in that payday. Marcus Morris Mm -hmm. wanted a bigger payday. That's none of that exists anymore. Like you've got, you're bringing in all these guys this year and you're like, Hey, Marcus smart, you're the starting point guard. You got your contract. Just go do your thing. Just be a defensive minded guy and and play point guard. Hey, Rob Williams, you don't have to worry about your injuries right now. You're getting paid, but you know, bust your hump and you'll make even more money and, 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 and earn that down the road. And Jason and Jalen are taken care of. And, you know, Josh Richardson has a, a, a longer deal now and has, doesn't have to worry about what happens next. And, you know, besides, Besides Schroeder, like all these guys are sort of like in really good spots to just come in and be themselves and not play outside of them the, of, of what they are. And I think that could foster some really encouraging play. So that's, I, I, you know, like I never thought security would uh, maybe help this team when the buzzword has been flexibility. But now I'm, I'm intrigued to see when these guys can just focus on basketball, what happens. But the, Okay, so but security – on one side, flexibility on the other, you get a little bit of both. Like mm-hmm. Stevens still has his options. He still has his ability to go, hey, I, I'm sorry, Marcus, but you know, I know you're talking about being in Boston long term, but we got to do this. I think everybody understands that that's always going to be just kind of hanging over everything. The business yeah. of the NBA is just different. So uh, I think aside from Jason Tatum, everyone kind of has like that little bit or varying degrees of well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll end up my career somewhere else. Much more with Chris, and including uh, much more on Marcus Smart and how his contract kind of fits in all of this and why it's an even better contract than you might think. That's coming up after I tell you about sweat block. We all know excessive perspiration can be an embarrassing problem. A lot of us deal with this. We deal with it quietly. We layer up. We... Put jackets on, we dress inappropriately for the weather, but 
You have to because the excessive sweating can be embarrassing. This is where sweat block comes in. A doctor had this same issue and said, I've got to fix this. I've got to figure out a way to fix this myself. So he came up with this product. And what he found is you get these things like a wipes. They're a little handy wipe type of things. You take a shower, you put it on, you go to bed, you wake up in the morning, you wash it off. It works for seven days for some people, seven days of coverage in those problem areas. So check it out, try it for yourself. If it doesn't work for you, their dry shirt guarantee means you get your money back. Google it, check it out. There are videos from the Rachel Ray show where firefighters tested it out and their shirts came out dry. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for 10 years. 13,000 reviews that you can go sift through. They are not hiding anything. They want you to go look at this product and figure it out so you can have your little secret to confidence and wear whatever you want to wear. You don't have to worry about putting on a certain color shirt, like a black shirt to hide the sweat marks. You can wear whatever you want. So go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off. Check it out. And again, if it doesn't work for you, you get that money back. No questions asked. Uh, it's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or pick some up at Amazon or CVS. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. On Thursdays, it's Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore. Jackson is the Locked On Rockets host. Matt Moore hosts Locked On Nuggets. They get together on Thursdays. It's a fun show, so make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA with our rotating hosts. I do the Wednesday show, rotating hosts all week long. Now, let's get back to the conversation. More Marcus Smart with Chris Forsberg. Going back to the extensions that were handed out, I think we're 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 looking at this as overall numbers. I almost think it's unfair to even look at this in terms of 54 million and 77 million because when you look at like I said with Rob, mid-level money. So mm. if next season Robert Williams signed a mid-level a uh, full mid-level somewhere, I don't think anybody would blink an eye. So that's that's about right for him. Marcus Smart is getting paid his average annual uh, value is in the bottom third of okay. starting point guards, of, of point guards in the NBA. Point guards get paid a lot of money in the NBA. <laughs> so there's six, I think there's 60 guys overall making more money right now before like they even get to next year and when the extension kicks in. I think there's 60 guys making more than the average annual value of, of Marcus Smart's deal, which is just like, is there two players per team that are better than Marcus Smart? I mean, you can make the case. Like, we'll figure that out. You know, we'll see what Marcus Smart does as the starting point guard. And, I, I you know, I, I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I unequivocally know it's going to work or it's not going to work. I have no idea. Like, I, I feel like there's been good moments. There's been bad moments. And so uh, Marcus needs to bounce back a little from last year. But, yeah, that number is, like, that. that's an agreeable number for what you're getting for a starting NBA point guard. And one point that I've been really trying to make – is that in two years, things can be really different because the collective bargaining agreement expires after year two in both of these deals. They're both on the same timeline. Um, the, the current TV deal expires after year three. So 
we don't even know when we talk about percentage of the salary cap, the salary cap is going to rise. We don't know really what's going to happen in year three and year four with a new CBA, with a new TV deal. Do they bring in cap smoothing and say, hey, in the first year of the CBA, in advance of this year, we're going to basically borrow to start the clock a little earlier and kind of smooth it over the next few seasons so we're not getting everybody's salary cap doubling or tripling and then then absolute chaos. So we're looking at a situation where Smart, especially in the last two years of his deal, could take up a lower percentage of the Celtic salary cap than he will in the first year of his deal. Right. So when we're talking about overall value, for the people who are critical of the smart deal, um, for whatever reasons, we know the reasons. <laughs> Haters. He's, he's, getting, he's getting paid basically in line with the lower third of NBA starting point guards. And in a couple of years, he could be paid even really less of a percentage. Those years could look like Basically, Robert Williams' contract looks like right now. Yeah. And didn't that happen last time? Like when, when Margaret signed his last extension, we all sat here and went, oh, my God, four years, 64, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, we all stomped our feet and said, oh, man, you know, what, how could Danny pay that much money? And then by the end of it, we're like, wow, $14.3 million? That's like that's barely nothing in the NBA. And I love how you say that about the percentage of the cap. You know, when it, after it, it's probably not the first thing that jumps to my mind, but eventually, once I'm digesting a contract, I sit there and say, "How much of this is this person, you know, tying up?" And you know, to go back to Rob, so you know, even if it's if it's ten point nine million, whatever it is, you know, that's that's probably less than ten percent of the cap, and for a potential starting center. I think if you looked at the average that a starting center ties up, it's it, it's way above that. And so uh, the potential return versus the percentage of cap is just the, the Celtics get a good a, a real good yield. And again, I think the the under, just as you've stressed, it's I don't know if they're both going to be here long term. Like I, I I on especially with Rob case, I'm I'm hopeful. I think I think that he pairs really well with with the pillars of this team. But, you know, if, if that does happen, then the Celtics just have four guys locked up right now. They just sort of need that fifth piece. And whether that's a superstar, whether that's a $20 million splurge in free agency, whether that's a trade of, 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 of a couple guys on your roster now to get somebody. And I know we invariably throw Bradley Beal, but there'll be other opportunities along the way. Uh, I just feel like they're really, really well positioned. And maybe with uh, a couple more avenues now, by going this route where as, as much as we all kicked and stomped our feet about their lack of activity at the start of free agency and Ennis Cantor being their only real splurge early on, uh, if you call it a splurge at the, <laughs> at the minimum. Um, but like, you know, they, they are well positioned now to, to make deals different ways. And, and Brad has given himself maybe more avenues than they necessarily had at the start of this off season. Yeah. I mean, I think this team can be, Fun. Everybody, I think, should be on board with, look, this is a temporary team. This has been a bridge year. This is one of the points that I've been making. This is a bridge year. It's temporary. Is it though? Like, like I keep hearing this, and I, I, I don't disagree, but, I mean, isn't there a chance that that Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Rob, Neesmith, Pritchard, Romeo, I mean, not all of them, but, you know, one of those two or those guys might not, but well, that might be the core of this team long term. Okay, but Schroeder, Richardson, oh, yeah. Horford, 
you know, a couple of guys off the bench and you're looking at half the team turning over potentially. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a core, but there's, I think, and, and maybe it's not as temporary as it, it, it felt a month ago. Right. That right. Well, for sure. The extensions of smart and with uh, Rob and, and knowing that they can't get traded until basically the trade deadline and who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, I, I, I do think that it, there's a little bit more to solidify the let's see what, what what we have moving forward. Like this is this is still an evaluation year. Maybe maybe we should stop calling it a bridge year and call mm-hmm. it an evaluation year. That's because fair. you're you're evaluating what everybody. Tatum, can you be an MVP candidate? Let's evaluate whether Jalen Brown can be the perennial all-star. Uh, it does this core, does Marcus Smart? Now, I've advocated for Smart being the starting point guard. I believe in Smart as the starting point guard. But it's largely theoretical. We've seen yeah. it in sports, but we haven't seen it regularly. So let's evaluate that. Let's evaluate Rob being able to live up to this contract and hitting that, that performance goal. So this is... Maybe we should stop. Can we? We'll agree. Bridge year is out. Evaluation year is in. Yeah, and like, but the the problem with the evaluation is is, is like you look at the schedule at the start of the year, and like I'm not the guy who sits there and goes, "Oh wow, I know you guys are going to do your 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 pick the wins and losses schedule thing," and uh, and that's fun. But like, it's it's the the start of the year is really tough. What is it? Seventeen out of twenty four to start the year on the road, and then like from mid November to to Christmas Eve, it's uh, or to to New Year's Eve, it's like it's really tough. They yeah. play a lot of good teams. And so I do think there'll be some evaluation and like it might hasten the evaluations like, you know, okay, it, are you ro- rolling forward with Josh Richardson? Is like, is that someone who becomes a trade asset, shrewd or all that? Uh, so I do agree. There's some, you know, mixing and matching here and they got to stay nimble. And that goes back to the whole flexibility aspect. Um, but I'm just intrigued to see it. And I know nothing from last year should suggest to us that they're just going to like, in a in a less covid Inflicted season, hopefully, that things will be magically different. But I am like curious, like how it plays out, and does it? It, it does having Marcus, I ha, like a more engaged Marcus Smart, a more natural Marcus Smart, change the dynamic? Does you know? Can he continue to have that great chemistry with Jalen? And what happens with Jason and going to another level after Team USA? And so, uh, I am fascinated by the season, and as much as uh. I enter uh, cautious about what might happen here. Uh, I'm also intrigued to see it play out. So yeah, I like I don't dub it whatever you want to dub it. I'm a little bit more bullish on it right now. My question to you, because like this is the one I like, I kind of started wrapping my, my my head. Or, oh, do you want do you want a break first? No, no, no. I, I'm excited. I'm I'm girding myself for a question. Oh, good, good, good. Um, so uh, who's the fifth starter? Gonna wrap up the show with a look at the minutes distribution and Peyton Pritchard. How many minutes does he really get on this team? A lot of hype around Peyton. We're going to talk about that coming up next after I tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Go to Built.com. you got to make sure you're going to Built.com often because they're going to drop special flavors. But if you want to go and just check it out, again, this is another company. This is not hiding anything from you. You go to Built.com and you say, oh, peanut butter brownie. You, you scroll over it. And it says, oh, 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. Coconut, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. They let you, they give you all of the, the information right there. They even stack up how they look against 
other protein bars that are higher in calories, that have many more net carbs, some of these things, much more sugar. And look, they don't have nuts in some of these. You have options for no nuts. If you've got an allergy, no problem. You can have one of these protein bars. You can have one of these if you're on a keto diet. These are great, they're delicious. Pop them in your gym bag, have one after a workout. It's great, feeds your muscles, doesn't blow out your cardio. Grab one in the car if you're running late. It's a breakfast substitute, it gets you through so you don't show up to work hangry. You can get one, use it, eat it however you want. So go to built.com and the best part is with the promo code LOCKED15, you're gonna get 15% off. It's the official protein bar of the US track and field team. You can have them too. 15% off using the promo code LOCK15 at built.com. Football is back, which means betting is back for a lot of people. Pro, college, bet online is your number one spot for all the football action this season. Updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest. $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. It's all open right now at Bet Online. Use the promo code Locked On when you sign up. You'll get a 100% welcome bonus. It's a win right away. Drop $200 in, get $200 as a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Or if you want to use the promo code NFL100, you get a free bet on the season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, football, basketball, boxing. You even get your favorite Vegas casino games. Go check it out at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. I wrote a whole piece at saying that Aaron Neesmith should get a chance at it, saying that... Uh, what, what's, what's the chance? Like two preseason games? Yeah, like just to kind of see how he fits. Are... So I, okay. I, I do I do kind of want to see... Basically, I want some shooting with some with some size, so mm-hmm. not Peyton Pritchard. Um, as as much as he was, you know, the one of the darlings of Summer League, I want some sh- some shooting with some size and some... I don't want to say proven defensive ability, but we've seen Aaron defend somewhat and be high energy. So mm-hmm. can he can he fit in there defensively? I, I'm, I'm just intrigued by that. But my guess will be Josh Richardson, who's kind of like the flip side. We know he can come out and defend. Can he give them any level of shooting? So my guess, smart Richardson, the Jays, and Rob. And that can be one hell of a defensive team. I mean, that team, that starting five can be in the top five mm-hmm. defensively. I mean, that oh, if, yes. if they come out there and play to the their capabilities, that team can like the Celtics might win some games 90 to 82. Nothing sells tickets like 90 to 82 games, Mm-mm-mm. but um you might also need the Jays to score 80 of those 90 points in that lineup, you know, but uh, I'm with you, and I think we heard. You know what? What I'll give Brad credit is that uh, first day he takes over, he comes out, and we were interviewing him afterward on on NBC Sports Boston. He sort of said, "Like, look, here's what I want. I want a team with grit. We need players with grit. We need to change this. We need to get back to being a defensive minded team." 
And then he went out and did it. You know, he, he made the, the moves he made this offseason were, were built around the idea of sort of changing the identity of what this team was. And I think he, he realized as well as anybody going through it last year, you know, they just weren't good enough. And some of that was Marcus's regression. Some of that was, you know, the undersized personnel at the guard spots. And Brad decidedly, you know, made, the, made it an effort to change that. And so we'll see if that pays off. Bringing in a defensive-minded coach probably aids that process. Uh, I am intrigued to see if they can get back to being sort of what their their identity has been in the Brad Stevens era before last year. Uh, I forget what the number is. You know, they they were in like the top eight defensively, and you know, let's say seven of the the last eight years or whatever. Uh, maybe that only that one of those first seasons being the outlier. Brad has always uh, held them to a high level and top three in like you know three of the last five or something like that. So. The potential is there. Uh, I'm not expecting Al Horford to be the defensive-minded center that he was, but, you know, like between Marcus, like you said, Rob and Josh, like they've got guys. And then we don't, don't – I think we just gloss over because of how good jo- uh, uh, Jalen and Jason are offensively. But, yeah, they have all like all the potential to be good defensively. So um, – but to, to go back to the fifth starter thing, that, that, so that's where my – like I need another offensive weapon out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me – I have that same curiosity with Neesmith and the, the last summer league game didn't give me great, you know, he's still a little bit erratic and, and he's definitely got to sort of lock in defensively, but like he's going to get a ton of open looks. And if he can knock down 40 ish percent of those three pointers, that changes the entire complexity of the offense, right? Like things ease up for the Jays in a hurry. So who else can take, can take the stress off like that. And, I don't know if that person's on the roster right now and right you can have some lineups with Schroeder coming in early and two ball handlers and you know but there's no shooting out there unless uh, unless you got um unless you have Neesmith out there so I, I a lot of pressure on a second year guy who struggled to break through on the rotation last year for the first half of the season but uh yeah I could color me uh I, I am interested to see mm-hmm. how this how this plays out yeah, you know, look, I, I, I come down to this. As much as I advocate for Neesmith, I'm, I'm trying to figure things out without obviously, – obviously we haven't seen anything, but where is Richardson going to be his best? Mm-hmm. And I think that's playing alongside Jalen and Jason who take up all of that defensive attention and Marcus Smart who can pass and give him the ball. So that I think and, – and Rob, vertical pressure sucking in defenses. So I think that – might be what gets the best out of Richardson. Meanwhile, the Celtics' other shooters, Neesmith and and Pritchard and, and those guys, when you look at the second unit, if I'm putting Horford out there with Schroeder, and Schroeder is going to be the main guy who cooks a little bit of spacing on the floor alongside him, with Neesmith and with, with Pritchard, it's a smaller lineup, but a little bit of shooting out there or a little more shooting with those guys might be more beneficial to get some of that second unit scoring out there. So that that's kind of where that's kind of where my head's at. But let's you you want to play a little minutes game here Ooh. because I, I broke down I broke down the minutes for for Boston Sports. You're breaking Journal. You're, you're breaking down minutes in August, man. Like I just want to I want I, well, I, I want to I want to applaud you because thank you, that, thank that's you. that is that is that is something. It's a silly exercise, but it's it's a, it's, a, it's a way too early look just to see. All right, wh- what can we? What are we looking at 
walking into the season mm-hmm. and and then we go from there whatever we see we can we can adjust but okay so Tatum Brown 35 minutes per game you good with that uh, you know I'm 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 interested to see what Ime's philosophy is will it kind of run counter a little bit to Brad's desire to keep those low but I think that's fair I think if if Brad's in his ear it's going to be hey you know there's a lot on these guys shoulders uh, especially this season. Can we keep that number low? Can we keep it in that 32 to 34 range on most nights and then ramp it up when the games are close or a good opponent or whatever? Um, I think they need to play probably closer to 38 to, well, to be Julius true. Julius Randle led the league last season with 37.8, I believe. So are we looking at I'm just, Tom I'm Thibodeau just, type minutes here? Probably not. So I think that's fair. So all right, let's just throw thirty-five and let's 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 play the let's okay. well, let's get to this uh, forty-eight times five. Mar- two forty. Yeah, so two forty. So Marcus Smart, starting point guard. Now he's averaged it's like twenty-six or so minutes per game. Twenty-seven. What do you think him as a starting point guard should be getting? I, I would say I would say thirty, and I think I'm keeping that a little low because Schroeder will play. You know, you got to find probably twenty. Eight minutes for Schroeder. Okay. Um, so I'm just like you know again I'm coming in blind on this exercise, but uh, if if we if we say that you know Marcus could on again on most nights I think would probably trend higher than thirty to thirty two ish, mm-hmm. but um, I you know I, I would say thirty is a fair entry for where I'm at just because I think again you're going to have time where you you have the luxury of taking Marcus Smart out and having other ball handlers out there whether it's Pritchard and Schroeder with that second unit so uh, maybe you don't have to drive that number too too crazy high but then I also think he's going to be out there in crunch time uh, and so that that number is invariably going to go up as well so let, I would say 31 and a half maybe okay. to, uh, let's pencil that so I had I had smart for the court, for the sake of this at 34 Ooh. I went I went up I went up no, to that's keep fair. Him, you know but you know this is yeah I mean we're we're just kind of ballparking here. I also I also figured that Schroeder I looked at Schroeder's general kind of what, usage. What did he play? What was in that six man year in Oklahoma City? What was he at? Just under thirty one. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's even and that's the year off. that I focused on. So it was yeah. thirty point eight. And so I thought. So, so yeah, I think you got to pencil him in for thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Right. So now I've got him at thirty. And I had Smart at 34, which is variable. But now you're looking at 64 minutes for your point guard, and that's a 48-minute. So there's going to be overlap. So mm-hmm. we're going to see those two te- those two guys playing together. You, you, if, if we're looking at 30, we're not. We're certainly not going, you know, 24-24, right? There's not going to be a – so they're going to overlap right. at some point, which is going to be a really interesting – and this is part of why you do this. You try to figure out where these holes are going to be in the lineup. But also – 60 we're at 60 to 64 minutes somewhere in there where's Peyton Pritchard where yeah. Peyton Pritchard's minutes going to come from can I, can I give you a hot take a ball handler can I give you a hot take because I, I, yeah. I think I, I need to bring and I, I need to bring the, the Pritchard hype train down just a little bit and I don't know if it was the 92 point game I don't know if it was the excelling at summer league I, I still struggle to to figure out what his role is on at on a at least while Schroeder is still in Boston. Like I think yeah. it's going to be. I don't see that number going very high for for Pritchard, and there's going to be nights where he has it, and maybe that number goes up. But I think more often than not, if these guys are are playing to their potential, I do think he's one of the guys that gets maybe a little bit squeezed. And it's for me, it's just a size thing. Like if I have to give minutes to a bench guy, 
you know, might be have to be Romeo Langford, it, you know, depending on Josh Richardson, if he's a starter, or if he's coming off the bench, like, I like, it's hard. Like when I, when, when we start playing this game, it's, it's funny how quickly 240 goes. And so yeah. my one question is how does Ime balance it? Because you've got to develop Neesmith and Pritchard and more so than the last coach did. And I think the last coach is aware of it in his new role. You know, there, there's a balance there. Uh, but it's hard to carve out where that consistent. I mean, what did you put? What did you pencil Pierre Pritchard in for? Twenty. Well, so here's the thing. So I'll skip ahead till the end of the piece that I wrote, where I got down to 28 minutes left, and I didn't assign any to Pritchard, Neesmith, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, or Ernest Cantor. Wow. So, and it could be, and again, it could be matchup dependent, right? But you know, but what this means is DNPs for a bunch of those guys. From time mm-hmm. to time, limited minutes. I mean, if I got 28 minutes and those five guys, and we can go over a little more of how I got there, but I mean, I've already assigned, we've already talked about your two J's and Smart and and uh Schroeder. We haven't even talked about Josh Richardson. And and that's that's kind of the primary bulk of your your perimeter play. There's not a lot of time left over. So Grant is going to get, I think, very situational minutes. Langford, who knows? Right. Cantor, very situational. I, bo- I kind of got down to 28 minutes to split between Pritchard and Neesmith. And so that, I think, is going to be a storyline to watch and, and part of why you do the minutes thing now to figure out, wait a minute, are we are we buying into the, the Pritchard hype and expecting him to play 25 minutes? He might not get more than... A, a couple of stints in some of these games. Yeah. All right. So here's where I need Coach Corrales to to tell me where where you come down or GM, coach, whatever you know, whatever hat you want to put on. Like, sure. what should the balance be? So, I, part of me says if you come out of the gates and you're more competitive than maybe we expect, if that you know what I think I saw the other day, what forty six and a half is the is the over under for the for the that yep. some of those Vegas books are putting down. So if you're trending more towards being a fifty win team, you are a you know, potential top four team in the league. Okay, I'm comfortable playing Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson bigger minutes. Like the getting getting Schroeder to that 30 minutes, getting Richardson whatever, you know, chunk of of 26, 28 minutes you can you can find. But I also recognize that it's going to come at this cost of the development of Neesmith and Pritchard. So, you know, if the next iteration of this team hinges on developing young talent to add to a potential deal, or if it's just hinges on those guys being low cost options, then, and you're not competitive, you know, so, so does it come down to just whether they're competitive about which direction we go in, in who's playing? Like, this is the balance that I, that I, I think is a little trickier when you, as, as much as you, as, as we can sit here and say like, Oh, Schroed is a great value play. Well, you know, in the bigger picture, like there's a balance there. Sure. Well, I think, I, I do think you have to you have to give Schroeder his amount of time, right? Like he's he's still going to be a very key part of the bench and scoring off of the bench, right? So you can you can tone down some of the minutes with Smart and with Schroeder, but, but there's only so much. You're 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 really taking like two minutes here, two minutes there, right. and whatever. To me, the key here is Josh Richardson, and and I think you you kind of have to figure out what you have there. Because there is a, a real possibility that you have a guy that was good in a certain situation, went to two bad situations, or you varyingly 
negative situations in Philly and in Dallas. And if this kind of brings him back to Miami role, then you now have a guy who's 27, who is a little bit older than your primary guys, but is still potentially a key role player. If you get the best of Josh Richardson, then that's a guy you want for the next three, four years. Because if you can get him to 35% three-point shooting and he's an effective threat, the level of defense, the level of you know off-the-dribble penetration that he can give you swimming in the wake of Tatum and Brown is going to be much more valuable than Peyton Pritchard's ability to hit a 32-footer. Like, I, And I, I hesitate to say this, but Pritchard has a real uphill battle because of his size. Now, yeah. he's shown some decent ability, and so he's earned – he's like – a good Tremont Waters. So I, I hate to say that about Tremont, but he's 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 at least a consistent. He's what we hoped Tremont would be, right? And now he's got to figure out how do I make this impact at this size, right? And and that's so still. I, I, wait, I, I've already slandered Peyton Pritchard by saying like I, we need to tamp down the, the hype train, but calling him a good Tremont Waters has to be the biggest backhanded compliment I've ever I mean, heard. <laughs> I know I, I, like I know what you're, I know what you're trying to say, but um, I, I agree though. I think but he's still they, small, right? And, and and ultimately, that's what it comes down to: is that the Celtics have been swimming in a pool of undersized guards for far too long, and it has been an issue that when even when Kemba was great offensively, and even when Kemba was a great teammate, he was still a liability defensively. No matter how hard he tried, and no matter how matter matter how many charges he took. You always had this issue, and it was, it's something that's it, it been there since Isaiah Thomas and you know Kyrie's defensive tendencies. I don't even know what, what the nice way to put that is. But um, so, yeah, they, they, they've just got to be bigger, and I think Brad has realized that, and that's why you see a Josh Richardson move and an extension, and, and I think they're crossing their fingers that, that these guys do sort of rejuvenate themselves. And if it comes at the expense of a little development on Pritchard's end, I think that's okay. Like, he's still going to get – I mean – Practice will still be great for for Peyton Pritchard. You know, you'll have. I don't think he'll go to the main Celtics, whatever they're called now. But um, some of the other younger guys can get reps there, and so uh, it's not the worst thing if those guys have to maybe come down a little bit from from what we saw last year. And and and, I, and again, Pritchard in particular, just because it's harder to slot where he plays because of his size. And I think I think Neesmith needs a little less as far as the development goes. I mean, he's he if he can just be the shooter and right. that high energy guy, he, he's obviously he needs a lot of development defensively, but that's something you can learn on the fly. It's not like you're adding um, you know, a, a step back or a sidestep to your game that you need to practice practice practice. You can just watch film and learn positioning and say, "Okay, I got to do this." As you're going along, you can you can pick up the defensive stuff as you're playing and developing on the fly. But it's the, the thing that excited me about Neesmith's summer is that he was able to show that ability to, to hit the, the contested shots, that specific summer league plan of I'm going to take all the contested shots and that he hit them all or mm-hmm. most of them was encouraging. Can he do that against real NBA contests? 
we'll see. But that gives me at least some belief that Neesmith with his size and his energy and his shooting ability can stick and be a longer term contributor. Whereas Peyton, as much as I, I like watching him as much as anybody, but he still has to prove a lot more and he still has to go out there as much as last season showed a bunch last season also showed that he is going to get targeted. He is going to have some, some games. He did go through a slump. If he's not going to be hitting his shots, then everything else falls apart. And you can say that about a lot of people, but it's especially true of of Pritchard. And, and so I'm, I I am lower on the long-term impact. And on the positive side, like, look, he came in older rookie and he heard all the, the criticism about like being a 22 year old, 23 year old in his first NBA season, but he was really steady and he was really good. And like, look, if he plays that, if he can get even more consistency this year and he shoots 40% on threes, they're going to find time for him. I just, I just, it's harder for me to find the roadmap to like a really hefty role and where he fits in and where he carves out. And I think that's true long-term too. I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily say, okay, if Marcus Smart fizzles, like Peyton Pritchard is your point guard of the future. So I just think he's got, he's got a little bit more of an uphill. Just as you said, it's, it's a little bit more difficult of a path to figure out how he's a consistent contributor on this team, but uh, he should use that as motivation and see what happens. Yep. Um, that's basically what I wanted to get out of the minutes thing. I think when we look at the center spot, we, we can divvy up the 48 between uh, Rob and Al however we want to. I think that's going to be pretty, pretty cut and dry, whether it's 24, 24 or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that that's 28, 20. I'm fine. I'm fi- if Robert Williams gives you 28 minutes and you get 20 minutes of Al Horford, I think that's great. And I think every once in a while, Horford's going to miss a back to back and Ennis Cantor is going to come in and play against Joel Embiid. And there's going to be some mixture of that. But if generally we're getting a direct split between those two, Neither of those guys plays power forward. No double big lineups for an extended amount of time. Please no. Like I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Are you surprised so, they didn't get? Are you surprised they didn't get a big wing of an, an, a, re, a four man they could really lean on? Do you think that's like maybe the one? Like Brad's going to see how rosters start to shake down and yeah, and maybe, maybe another move. Maybe maybe you look at a two way guy that 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 fits that mold and see if he can come in and 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 fit in into there and you upgrade them later. I think, I think the next moves from Brad are to, to get the roster down to 14 and not 15. Mm-hmm. So you can have that flexibility again. Um, this way you can go to a, a, a two for one type of deal if you're moving somebody out or whatever. But I think, I think Jabari's Who's the odd man gone. Out? Who, 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 who are we betting is the odd man out right now? I, I mean, I, they're at 16 right now. Right. So right. I think Jabari, Carson and Chris Dunn are the obvious candidates because I got I didn't even consider Chris Dunn in my point guard calculation because you're rocking that, with Bruno. Mm, I mean, I mean he he could probably go too. So if you wanted to if you if you wanted to keep Jabari as a well maybe because you have no power forwards. I just right. don't. I just don't think that he's. I mean, know. they know better than us than what it, what it, what his summers look like and and how he's performed behind the scenes. I mean, he's had good moments when he was picked up at the end of last season. Kind of a tough spot to be thrown into, but you know, I think you always defer default to what could they be, and mm-hmm. maybe that that 
that that'll always be that sort of tantalizing potential uh, that he hasn't quite reached at this level. You know, but maybe you feel the same way about Chris Dunn in that spot. But if, if Peyton Pritchard isn't getting minutes, where's Chris Dunn getting minutes? So right, exactly, I, I I do think there's there's a room there if 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 like someone slides available and. I, I don't think it's from a lack of trying. I think they were interested in some of the power forwards that were out there and just couldn't quite, um, you know, find a, a, an avenue to, to get it amidst their their other moves. But I do think it's uh, it's either Grant's got to show pretty early on here that he is ready to to, to, to be able to play that four spot and then more consistently than he's shown. Um, or else you, I, I do think you have to address it at some point because uh, – can't play, you can't you got to at least have options at that that four that aren't going super small and making Tatum play the four all the time and um, I would hate to see them sort of like go through that again where either you're rolling double bigs because that's the best option you've got or playing Tatum there. Yeah, the, I mean the power forward spot. I mean maybe that's the that's the next off season target. Maybe that's a TPE target either this season or next summer. But uh, that that's clearly the next the next big spot to fill. Look, they've got Smart, Tatum, Brown, Rob all locked up. That's the obvious, that fifth spot. So again, going back to the concept of a temporary team, there's at least this temporary placeholder. And, and look, maybe Josh Richardson can be that guy, but they still have a hole at the four that they'll need to figure out at some point. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. We're not going to get you – this is like – we can't get you up out of the water too fast. You'll get the bends. No, no, I would, I would, uh, I was, I was in the ocean like six hours ago, and I, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I like, even though we're on planes all the time, it still always boggles my mind when I come back from a trip, and I was like, wait, how, how do we zip back to reality so quickly? I know, and I know, I it's get- kind of wild. How am I it's back like, in this basement when I'm <laughs> floating and floating in the ocean and drinking yeah. tea? And, yeah. And- that was the same before my 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 vacation. I I tried to Brad proof my vacation. I'm taking it right before media day. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna land. I'm gonna go to media day. So you talk about the fast resurfacing. I'm gonna show up there probably in my Tommy Bahama shirt still. So Wait, are, you, are you going anywhere fun? Turks and Caicos. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, and you played it right. Like you got through all. Like again, I I have to go apologize to my bosses now because I said oh. Mid August, right? Hey, well, I mean, look, this is how it goes. Next summer, we'll be back to our regular schedule programming. So, well, hopefully, we hope. We hope. I mean, hope. yeah, like, Delta doesn't have anything to say about I mean, that. Let's 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 not let's not just go jinxing anything there. Mm. But yeah, uh, thank you for for helping me reacclimatize. Uh, I think I'm ready for for at least thirty minutes per night. All right, here we go. Thanks, Chris <laughs> Forsberg, for hopping on. Thank you once again to Chris Forsberg for hopping on fresh off of vacation. Like literally the plane landed, he got home and he hopped on the podcast. Awesome work there. Check him out at Chris Forsberg underscore. Obviously you can see his work on NBC sports, Boston and NBC sports, Thank you all for watching, for listening. Uh, hope you have subscribed. If you haven't, if you're one of Chris's followers and you're new, Thank you. This is a five-day-a-week, Monday through Friday podcast. Going to carry this on as best I can throughout the offseason, the rest of the offseason, another month, month away from media day. So five days a week for sure as the season goes on. So subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube show. This show is free and available across all platforms. So this is your most reliable podcast 
in the world when it comes to the Boston Celtics. And please share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. When they need to listen to a locked on a Celtics podcast, it's the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.